May 2, 2023. It's the What for Pedro Show.
Lock for Pedro Show. Happy Tuesday. Starting with John Coltrane with Cannonball Adderley doing Grand Central. And then Husker uh, Du, live at the entry, September 5, 1981, MTC. Yes. And because uh, of those software engineers, Estonia, with their Skype invention, I got with me. Brother Greg Norton. Welcome aboard, Greg. <laughs> Brother Mike Watt. Absolutely. How the hell are you, bud? Absolutely. So happy, to, so happy to be on the Watt from Pedro show. I remember uh, us back in 1981 talking about land speed record. Yeah. Wow. Big. Yeah. Got to tell I've, people I've in those days, before, before internet, getting on the fucking Leash. Well, they ain't no leashes yet. They're landlines, but five, six, seven, eight hour calls. Yep. <laughs> right? All of us. That's what you used to do in those days. Uh, but let's learn about your journey through music. Please bring your earliest musical recollection. Uh, earliest musical recollections. Probably. Uh getting my first bass when I was uh, 13 for my birthday, uh, an old, uh, an old Hagstrom, um, looked like three quarter scale, uh, super fun bass to play. And, uh, just starting to noodle around on it, you know, kind of self-taught type thing. Well, I'm and, curious. Uh, I'm curious what led to it. So the pad you grew up in, was there musical instruments? Uh, no, it was just, uh, uh, I lived with my mom. Uh, all my siblings are older. They were out of the house. My dad uh, and mom had split up. Uh, there was always music in the house. You know, my dad was really into Tony Bennett and, uh, uh, Stan Kenton, big band swing music. And, sure. and, uh, you know, my sister was, uh, all about the Beatles and, and, uh, this, in the sixties and my brother was, Led Zeppelin, and you know, and then I, you know, I then I discovered Blue Oyster Cult all on my own. And, uh, <laughs> what right? was that? Can I ask and, you? Can I ask you the first record you bought with your own money? Uh, Alice Cooper Billion Dollar Babies. Oh yeah, okay. And the first gig you went and saw? Uh, the first gig was a uh, a multi band extravaganza at the old St. Paul Civic Center. Uh, it was, um, canned heat. There was, uh, Jay Giles. Um, oh man, there were like seven bands on that bill. Uh, those can't remember all of them, but, uh, went to a lot of concerts. Yeah. That was seventies uh, for us. That's yeah. why there was the movement people. Cause arena rock, we had to do something in reaction against that. We had to learn <laughs> about on. clubs. We didn't know about us people in the seventies. We only knew arena rock. We didn't know clubs. So then that's part, I think, a big, when I look back, big reason for the movement. Can I ask you about school? Were you in the choir or the marching band or shit like that? Uh, I did choir uh, up and up through eighth grade and oh. then uh, then turned into a juvenile delinquent. Okay. Uh, <laughs> now, now, what led to you getting that fucking hagstrom? Uh, you know, I, I loved... I loved bass players. I loved, uh, you know, you listen, 
you know, listening to McCartney play, listening to uh, Chris Squire from Yes play. Um, you know, the, 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 the dude from Wishbone Ash, even. Uh, oh, yeah, I know, remember Blue, that guy. Blue, Blue Oyster Cult. And, um, Joe oh, Bouchard, Joe Bouchard, <laughs> Blue Oyster Cult. Dennis Dunaway, Alice Cooper. Yep. So, you know, uh, I ask you this because, especially in the old days, a lot of bass cats were failed guitar dudes who wanted to, you know, because no one wanted a rocket, so they wanted gigs. But you're pure. Your first thing is the bass. Uh, that's right. Yep. It's, um, uh, I didn't even try to play a guitar until much later, <laughs> you know, now what you do play the guitar, but uh, I'd rather play the bass. Yeah. Okay. You fool around on the guitar. You play the bass. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm way into that. Now, was it like, I'm going to try to learn songs off records. Did you go to a teacher? What was your education process on the bass? Uh, yeah, mostly learning off of records. I did uh, do some lessons with, with like a local cat in my neighborhood that, you know, he was he was okay. I don't think he really knew how to teach. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, he taught me a few things. How to learn but, some songs off the records, right? Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Not like after school graduating, but in the afternoon, did you get into the basement band, garage band, bedroom band? Uh, not really until after, um, you know, kind of after I got out of out of high school and discovered punk, you know? Okay. Um, so who's the first group of dudes? So before that, it's Man Alone and just learning up on it. Yep. Okay. So the first time you get... Was was Greg um, Grant and Bob the first cats? Grant and Bob were the first cats. Wow! And actually, uh, 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 Husker was also Bob's first band. Bob had never been in a band before either. So, uh, and, you know, Grant was the seasoned veteran, had been playing in cover bands in high school for a long time. And when we met him, he was playing keyboards uh, in a Beatles cover band uh, called Train. And uh, it was like, um, went, uh, actually, I've got a, one of their gig posters. We went to a bowling alley to see them one time. So, Wow. Now, now, you guys met at a record store or something? Yep. Uh, Grant and I both worked at a record store called Melody Lane in, in Signal Hills in West St. Paul. Uh, I had gotten hired first, and then uh, he said, hey, you took my job. And I'm like, what? I'll get you a job. So... That's how we met, and that's 1978, and all the punk records were coming out, and we just discovered it and just had this voracious appetite for it, and we listened to everything that came through the through the store. So, and what like Bob stumbles in? Yeah. So then uh, later that um, at the end of the summer, Bob comes stumbling by a different record store over by McAllister College, and Grant's playing the Ramones on a PA speaker. Blasted on the streets. And uh, Bob's like, got a brand new leather jacket and some Chuck T Taylor All-Stars and a um, Johnny Ramone haircut. And he's like, hey, I like the Ramones. And then Grant and Bob headed off. And, uh, you know, a couple of months after that, the three of us all got together and went to see the Ramones open up for Foreigner at the St. Paul Civic Center. Damn, full loop. Yeah, you're exactly. looping it. You're looping it. <laughs> now, what was the first? So, 
you guys hadn't jammed together yet. You just go to a gig. What was the first Husker Prack like? Well, you know, the, uh, the, the, the story of Husker do was actually, uh, the, the cat that was running cheapo records, the, uh, the manager a guy named Charlie Pine, Grant and, and oh, sorry, my, that's my dog, Sir Jackson Husker Doodle, going crazy <laughs> over here. Jackson, quiet, buddy. Uh, we were out at, at a little like corner dive bar, and he saw that they had music, and he told the bartender, I've got a band. And the bartender said, great, you've got a gig. And so he comes back to the table and says, Grant, we, we need to put a band together because I just got us a gig. And, <laughs> and uh, Grant's like, well, hey, I know this guy at McAllister. He's got a flying V guitar. And so like the next day, Grant and I pick Bob up, bring him over to my place uh, where Grant's drums were set up. And we jammed a bunch of Ramones tunes. And uh, then Husker ends up playing this dive bar, uh, three, set, three sets of cover tunes. For two nights, got paid actual real money. Uh, your first then, gig. You the, got paid on your first gig. Yeah, well, uh, as a cover band. Yeah, and then, yeah, I so understand. So then <laughs> we decided to kick the, our, keep going on without the keyboard player. Oh, there was three a, of us started working on original a, music. And so then our next gig, we got paid a case of beer. You mean there was a four-piece version of Husker Du? For uh, for three shows, and, and you were called Husker Du. We were called Husker Du, yeah. And you were doing covers with a keyboard cat. Wow, I didn't yep. know this. I did not know this. Now you said the drums were already set up at your pad. Were you and Grant already doing prax? Uh, we would jam together, yeah. So we, uh, um, uh, as the the bass drum duo, Grant Grant uh, had dubbed us as the Electrocutes. <laughs> yes electrocutes into it look i want to play another from that now september 5 1981 is that the land speed record because i know you guys there's like you play the entry twice right and one of them becomes an album but one was just a gig but same order same set list everything uh well you know so land speed record was in august of 81 that ah, was, okay uh, so this is uh, this is after Okay, I'm gonna yeah. play. I'm gonna play. Uh, Don't have a life. Oh, there you go. That, that's some of my my uh, my uh, free jazz influence there that's right. on bass. <laughs>
have fun. Can us along the snow? Maybe you still have the photos. How will I ever know? You know, college or hot tubs is the theme. Then came tours. Some nights were dreams. But they always go back to the one I choose. To the one I'm with. But it's fun to prove. Tell the fools on the hill, that's it 
Pedro show that chunk of music started off with this becomes Savage Young Do later on, people. It's not the Land Speed record. It's two weeks later. Uh, this is a, a. I guess the rule was if you wrote the words, you had to sing it, right? So this is one of your babies. Don't have a life. That's uh, right. Yeah. Yep. Pe- Pelican Man. After that, this is part two of Planet Chernobyl. Me and Petros uh, take on uh, Charlie Plymouth's libretto. Good friend of Grand Heart, by the way, Charlie Plymouth. The Chunks, after that, bass player wants you to know he's from Scotland. This is called Reading in the Shower. Yeah, a little difficult. <laughs> the Drift Institute, after that, with Lavage de Creveaux. The Bobby Lees with Lunchbox. Diane Marie Clobo with Needs Are Met. Maxine Funka with Room in a City. The Holy Modal Rounders. Yeah, Peter Stanfield just sent me this. This is him. Uh, Mr. Weber, 1965 Detroit, Uncle Joe, Francesco Fusaro slash Froze with Omaggio, hey, 
E M. The Dolly Rots, brand new. Hey, girl. Old Californio with the Destroy All Nuts, Climb, and Alumni Woody Alpinop. Shorten your list. And finally, third song from this gig Let's Go Die. I think it was the closer before the encore. Live at the entry, September 5, 1981. Husker Du. Whoa. And then, you know, I remember getting this cassette from Greg Ginn. And them playing, uh, me and D. Boo playing it and said, wow, this is like Blue Oyster Cult real fast. <laughs> <laughs> and we end up putting it, because they, they don't have the resources. They said, you want to put it out? And we said, fuck yeah. And we big talks on the telephone. And uh, yeah, Land Speed Record. First uh, album for New Alliance Records. And uh, yeah. We got to play with you. You came over. The start of a beautiful relationship. Absolutely. Uh, I I don't think there would be a double nickels without the uh, on the dime without Zen Arcade. You guys were incredible inspiration to us. That's right. Yeah, because double nickels was what going to be a single record, and 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 also didn't we save the world from seeing a naked D Boone on the cover? That's right, because it was going to be called No Mysteries. Yeah, <laughs> was going to be a naked Watt too. Naked Georgie probably okay, but the other two guys, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know whose concept that was. Thanks for remembering about that. I remember that it was going to be called No Mysteries and us naked. <laughs> Fuck. Well, anyway, you guys come to town and you do ZNRK. I remember Spotsky does that big screaming standing by the sea. Oh yeah, that's. Um... Epic moment in the in the song right there. Right, and then an epic moment in your visit. D Boone throws a big chow for you guys at Cabrillo Beach. I remember. Oh yeah, a big yep. barbecue. That's where you introduced me to cilantro. That's called right. it. I'm like, what is that? He's like, it's Mexican lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> right, I think England calls it coriander or something. Oh yeah, coriander. Because yep, you right you end up a chef and stuff, so you learn about all kinds of ingredients and stuff. But that was your first. Yeah, like me coming from Virginia, I only, the only Latin guys I knew was uh, Philippine and Puerto Rican. So, yeah, learning stuff, learning chow. That's incredible. But, man, that experience, that that's we have to write a buttload of songs so we can have a double album, too. Yep. Yeah. Love yeah. it. Yeah, love it. People, you don't take understand. That how, that's community. <laughs> you know, yeah, take that Hooskers. It's on the inside. When you open up Double Nickels on the Dime, it says that. And it wasn't Belich. It was like, man, we couldn't have done this without you. Yeah. No, that was, that was, a, it was a, a beautiful thing that we inspired Double Nickels. Man, and that boat, uh, that van you guys had, a lot of miles, over 300,000, right? Uh, yep. Yeah, that, um, I think the uh, the body the body wore out before the before the engine did before so the drivetrain. <laughs> probably going to be my life story there too, you know. <laughs> and you were mainly the wheel man. Uh, yeah, that's best seat in the van. Yeah, and also kind of scary with Bob driving. Uh, more so uh, scary with Grant driving. But... <laughs> <laughs> Bob would be good for for a couple hours, and then he'd get kind of catatonic. And right, right, right. Uh, I remember you telling me once we were to, uh, talking about Torspiel, and yeah, how about you kind of had to be the wheel man. Yeah, and that was fine by me. That's, yeah, uh, I loved. Uh, I, you, I still love driving. So, brother Ted said the same thing in Flip. He said, "Best seat in the house." 
because they were using that ice cream truck where you like you couldn't see shit. There was no windows. <laughs> so yep. yeah, best seat in the house. And man, you guys, you know, being in the middle of the country, yeah, hell rides for the west side, hell rides to the east side. So you learned how to do that early. Uh, yep. Big inspiration to us. Uh, what was your strategy? Uh, the strategy for planning tours was basically trying to go out for, you know, three, four weeks at a time. But yeah. since we were centrally located, we'd concentrate on, you know, we'd do, we'd do the West Coast, uh, which usually would either, you know, start in the Northwest or we would go down and start in Texas, uh, you know, and then do the East Coast. And then we would, we did a couple of of just central states, you know, all the way down to Texas and back up. And, uh, you know, it, it worked out really good. I, you know, I just dug out a, uh, Minuteman campaign trail 84 t-shirt <laughs> that, that I have thinking how, how, like, you know, you guys were visionaries with the political landscape there. And, uh, <laughs> and looking dry. at the tour on the back of the shirt going, holy shit. That is a lot of dates. And you guys, you know, basically you did the entire loop. Yeah. Well, we learned from Flag. I mean, they would do 100-gig tours, four-month tours. Yep. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. So uh, here's a trippy thing about Husker Torn. You guys would always do the next album that you just recorded that nobody had heard. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, that's because we were recording with Spot at Total Access. so. We were we were, you know, playing the playing the music that we were about to record, and people were like, uh, "None of these songs are on the record that I just bought." <laughs> and we're like, "Well, wait for the next one." And then when you see us the next time, you're not you're gonna you won't hear any of those these songs. <laughs> yeah. right. and, yeah. and and you looking back, what is your favorite Husker album? You know, it's uh, picking a favorite album is like picking a favorite kid because, you know, albums are definitely, you know, there's they're they're a a snapshot of a moment in time. Yes. Uh, Diary entry. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and and actually. uh, Right after Spot passed away, uh, I I listened to Zen Arcade from, you know, side cut one side one all the way through the end of uh uh reoccurring dreams and yeah. that record is that that is a special record you yeah know? yeah i like flip your wig a lot oh for sure flip was um uh you know flip is a record that could have been um it's one of those things uh warner brothers wanted really 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 wanted flip your wig and we decided to, you know, just keep that one with SST and then do the next record. Uh, so, of course, then we give Warner Brothers Candy Apple Gray and they're like, what? What is this? <laughs> you know, a little bit different than Flip Your Wig. But, uh, yeah, no, Flip has got great songs on it. New Day Rising is, I mean, all those. That's a good one, too. I mean, I, yeah. like you said, they're like kids. And, yep. and liking one more than another is kind of unfair because they all got special things. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. And and, and yeah, and it's a life of a band, the arc. Exactly. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. 
Look, we're at the end of the first hour, May 2nd, 2023 edition. Watch for Pedro Show special guest, Greg Norton. Hold tight for our two. May 2nd, 2023. It's the second hour of the Watch for Pedro Show.
lot for Pedro Show. The second hour start off with Ultra Bomb. We'll get to that, people. We do have a little bit of Husker news, but then we'll move into post-Husker Greg Norton. I can make it. Ultra Bomb. Reynolds after that. Bunch of stuff from Carbon Records. Not the Carbon Records that uh, Elliot Sharp got. The best musician uh, initials for a musician, right? E Sharp, right? Just F. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Just F, <laughs> yeah. Right? Yep. Most Econo. Yeah, Reynolds. Uh, Menoria Acuplememo. Bear at the Dump from Well Veter. Nod with Unicorn Funeral. Beast View Mowl with Iron Wheels. Basho Aji. With whites of the eyes caught by flash, Pengo with bumper stickers, and then Ultra Bomb again with Star. So this important new—I didn't know this—but for Record Store Day, which was last week, New Husker, Tom Greg. Uh, yeah, New Husker, and actually we uh, we we put this record out on on our own Reflex Record label. We we brought the label back for this, so it's it's our oldest, our newest oldest recording. So it's <laughs> the first. The first gig we played at the Longhorn Bar, and then you fast forward in 1979, then you skip ahead a year to July of 80, and that's the second side. Yeah. And then uh, a couple months after that, uh, September of 1980, our last gig at the Longhorn. And it's called Who's Do Tonight Longhorn, and uh, their grant made an awesome flyer back in the day because somebody com- said that they thought we just sounded like a power drill, so it's got a nice little Rockwell power drill on it. It just says, who's going to do today, Longhorn? And I believe he did that under the name Fake Name Graphics. Yep, that was that was Grant. Fake Name Graphics. That's so right. uh, The record turned out great. It's a double album. Uh, record Store Day has got a 90-day exclusive on it. Uh, but uh, even more uh, exciting is that uh, we decided to do a T-shirt of the album artwork, and our buddy Raul at Calamucho is printing those shirts for us. So they're available at Rockabilia. Uh, but, yeah, who's going to do Longhorn tonight? Does Reflex, tonight Longhorn. It's a great does record. Reflex Records have a website? Uh, not officially yet. But, okay. um, you know, right now it's only available at, at record stores. So. Because there was a Minuteman live 7-inch that Bob Moe put out. In oh, those right, days, yeah, du- exactly. Yeah. Du- du- Dutch East Indies, I think, was distributing it. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, and, and you guys did uh, um, it's all lo- Talking About Luck. That's right. That's right. And a Meat Puppet Lost on the freeway again. Yeah. And uh, maybe the Red and the Black, Blue Oyster Cult. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And I think Green River is Creedence. So, uh, okay, post Husker, what do you do music? So after Husker do, uh, you know, I, I kind of, uh, had a band called gray area that, that, uh, for a brief moment that did a lot of shows with, uh, Fire Hose. Hose. Right. and then, uh, then I get into you the restaurant what? gig and I, I literally disappear out of music and don't even touch a bass for 14 years. That's right. I got to tell you about gray uh, area. Georgie tripped on your drummer. He said, "What is he afraid to hit cymbals?" Oh, right, that's <laughs> right. Georgie Joe, Joe loved Jones those played without cymbals. He, right, all, Georgie all loved those little hat. tiny uh, things. And then, yeah, this guy had like, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so for fourteen years, you don't touch a bass. Yep, uh, I'm uh, working long hours uh, in in the kitchen, cooking, learning how to cook, and learning how to be a chef, and and. Uh, running restaurants and stuff like that. And then I uh, run into this cat, Dave King, who has a uh, jazz piano trio called Bad Plus. And right. they had just 
put a record out on Sony. They did a cover of Smells Like Teen Spirit, uh, which the story behind that is Ethan, their piano player, had never heard of, heard of Nirvana, had never heard the song before, and Reed, the bass player, and Dave couldn't believe it. So they made him learn how to play it, and they put it on that record. But <laughs> there was an interview that they did, and, and he said that Husker Du was a big influence on him. And I'm like, wow, that's cool. Husker was an influence on these jazz guys you know yeah so i went to meet him after a show and he's like hey, i got this idea for a band and i think you'd be the perfect bass player for it and uh three years later after him threatening with uh me with with being in a band gang font got together and uh so since i was like oh well shit i think i'm in might be in an avant rock jazz group I went out and bought a bass and bought an amp and started playing again. So, wow, That's yeah. A uh, so, Font released a uh, recorded a record that came out on Thirsty Year in like 2006. Yeah, with Craig Craig Tabor on keyboards and um, uh, Eric, dude dude named Eric Frotsky playing um, guitar and Frotsky and Dave King had another trio called uh, Happy Apple, and then. Uh, in we did a couple of shows in new york uh, you know we played uh, the knitting factory um and then uh, craig taborn you know i mean he's out on the road all the time and gets too busy we have this local cat brian nichols on keyboards and we record a second record in 2010 which we've never put out uh which we are actually i think going to put out hopefully before the end of this year and uh you know in in, in the the time my time away from from music i also got into wine so i like to say that this is our grand reserva we've been cellaring it until it's ready to be released on the world and uh so that <laughs> it's it's time for that record to come out but then right. uh, and then in between only playing about once a year uh this uh guy i knew from uh, uh lacrosse called up and said he had a band well he had a band i liked porcupine and right. uh, their bass player had stepped back from uh from the gig and so casey asked me to to fill in so i did porcupine for a few years and that was that was fun you know it was uh we we went out on the road with with uh, we played dates with flipper with mud honey with built to spill uh john uh, and terry with, show uh, the flesh eaters which that was a great tour hanging with with john doe and and uh and um all the cats and then that didn't quite work out so um casey decided to change the direction of the band ian the drummer and myself kind of departed but right at this point this is the pivotal moment now that gets us to 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 the present okay uh, this but before uh, we do uh, i gotta play some music here i want to play some because we're going to talk about ultra bomb right sounds good yeah okay
next song is called Burning Man.
can't see the forest from the trees. There's nobody left to believe. They took all the honey and killed all the bees. There's nobody left to believe. They'll take your yawn and ask for more. They'll use you up like a whore. You're sinking and swimming, the ocean's a roar. You're over your head now, you're ten miles from shore. You're drowning, they ask you for more. So sleep with your eyes open wide They'll hunt you down in the night You're five for no one, so five for your life There's three on the left hand and four on the right But fighting no matter is soccer is life So sleep with your eyes open wide Don't give them an ass, so take what you can They can't take us all if we rise up We live and we die so much. Jesus, if y'all ever been to the milestone in the summer, it's like that up here times like 10. Uh, we got another new song for y'all. Um, it's called Keepers. Um, let's do it.
Thank you. Remember to keep your friends accountable for their actions. If you don't, you're just an abuser's keeper.
lot for Pedro Show, that chunk of music. Start off with Ultra Bomb, Superhero Shit, then Dame Area, in a Morata del Tuo Controlo, Solis with Burning Man, Nobody Left to Believe from Sinners and Saints, Petrov with Keepers, Ray Shin, Sun Blasted and Broken Mastered, finally Ultra Bomb, Faded Away. Tell us the story of Ultra Bomb, Brother Greg. So Ultra Bomb is... You know, it started as a uh, uh, Finney McConnell, the guitar player for the Mahone, sent me a message and said, hey, I've got this idea. Why don't we put together a band? I know the greatest punk drummer uh, on the planet, Jamie Oliver. We're best buds. And at the same time, he had messaged Jamie going like, hey, let, let's put together a band. I know I know the greatest punk rock bass player on the planet, Greg Norton. <laughs> and so he kind of did those at the same time. And of course, both of us were like, yeah, that sounds brilliant let's let's do it so we came together basically through facebook messenger right you know in a way i feel like i answered a classified ad um because they're they're across the ocean yeah well uh jamie's in london finney's in toronto and uh okay uh, finney's finney's closer okay but still yeah not in the so so international trio uh so the original concept was like well let's just together you know we'll play some husker tunes we'll play some mahones tunes maybe throw in a few uk sub songs and we'll just you know have fun maybe play a few festivals get paid and, and have some laughs and so about a month later finney's in germany on a solo tour and he's got uh, he's like oh man i've been writing ton, tons of riffs for for the new band and i've got some time in a studio jamie happened in berlin and, and jamie happens to be in berlin at the same time and all of a sudden i'm like shit i should go to berlin i should like be there with these cats when they're in the studio so i book a ticket and i fly to berlin and jamie picks me up at the airport and first time that either of us had actually met in person. And the next morning, uh, we're, we're in the studio and Finney shows up. And it's the first time that I'd actually ever met Finney either, you know, besides, you know, Facebook Messenger, uh, group video chats and stuff like that. So here's the three of us in the room. Here's Ultrabomb. And so Finney's like, oh, I got all these great riffs. And so we play a riff and, and uh, Jamie and I'd be like, yeah, OK, I think you got something there. And we'd like work it into an arrangement. It's like, yeah, that's that's good. And we'd run through it to a point where we were, you know, a couple of times and everybody was happy with it. We'd tell Hansi, the the engineer, to record it. We wrote four songs the first day. We wrote six songs the second day. Whoa. And Hansi was like, you mean to tell me you just wrote all those songs right here in, in front of me? And we're like, yeah, we've actually have never been in the same room before. This is, this is the first time we've ever been together. And he's like, I can't believe that that's what you guys did so jamie goes out uh, uh, to play a gig saturday finney and i are in the studio just doing some you know cleaning up some guitar bass bits and i pull out all my lyrics and i've got uh, it's like hey I've, I've been writing you know all these lyrics for the last couple of years you know and, and finney looks at it and he's reads my lyrics and he's, he goes i got the whole record figured out he like lays it out <laughs> and so then on sunday jamie's back the four of us are all in the studio and finney goes in and sings the whole record uh yeah i mean we did we did some edits on the on the fly just to make some stuff flow but he sang it and i was just blown away how my lyrics written you know independently of his riffs yeah just came together so perfectly uh who came up with the name ultra bomb that was uh, that was a friend of jamie's uh that that suggested ultra bomb and when jamie was like oh yeah so my mate wants to you know thinks ultra bomb is a really great uh, uh name of the band i had this photo of my daughter coco with that another friend of mine as a joke put you know an atomic bomb 
exploding behind her and she's wearing these sunglasses got a lollipop in her mouth and i'm like i sent the, these guys that photo and they're like holy shit that's the album cover right there so it was <laughs> that, that was ultra bomb okay okay like i get it i get it so a lot of this stuff it was just a collection of fucking coincidences but also people trying their hardest to be creative together yeah and and it came together so easily you know it it, in the studio, it, it literally felt like we had been playing together for years. Now, did you guys uh, do, was it only recording that little adventure in Berlin, or did you do a, a live gig? When was the first Ultra Bomb gig? We played our, uh, to date, we played our only show that was last July at uh, the Hook and Ladder Theater in Minneapolis for their uh, deep blues and rock uh, summer festival, and we headlined the show. That was supposed to be, we were supposed to do a, a uh, a tour, but I got diagnosed with prostate cancer. Uh, so right after the hook and ladder show, about a week, you know, less than a week after that, I went in and had my prostate out. Jeez. Got the, so, got the hook. Yep. The great news is, is that they, they got everything and my margins are clean and, and I'm, um, got a clean bill of health and I feel great. Uh, my only re regret is that, uh, you know, the prostate wasn't like a little thing that they put in a jar and gave me cause I was going to donate it to the punk rock museum. But, uh, <laughs> excuse me, but you know, it, it turned out good. So we, we have one gig under our belt that, that everybody like lost their mind over. And, uh, now we've got this tour that starts May 11th in St. Paul, Minnesota at the, oh, I want to uh, talk more about that, but we're at the end of the second hour, May 2, 2023 edition. What Peter show special guest, Greg Norton, old type for hour three. <laughs> Little show bit. May 2, 2023, it's the third hour of the lot for Pedro Show.
Lot for Pedro Show start off the third hour with Ultra Bomb doing Like the Wind. Then Phil Venable, Base Work Number Two, not North Carolina. St. Abdullah and Jason Nazary with Emil Weibel doing My TV Was Colorless. Bombas Prendon after that with Engine Number Nine. Eugene Chadborn, also North Carolina. Zerk Dobro Breakdown. Finally, Ultra Bomb Feels. So you're telling me like the song like Feels and Like the Wind, these were your your out of your lyric notebook. Yep. Uh, so I, I wrote all the lyrics for the record. Uh, and I, like I said, I'm blown away by how well Finney made them fit the, the music. It's like we it was meant to be right. It's one of those those things when you hear it. Um, yeah, I love the song Feels. That's that's our, that, that's my my uh, my geriatric, uh, you know, <laughs> Billie Eilish take there. So, OK. And now at the end of the second hour, you're saying something about Ultra Bomb Tour. It's going to happen now. Yep, it's going to happen. We uh, and it's finally got legs. So that's what we uh, we dubbed the tour. It's got legs. Here it comes. Get ready, world. So uh, we're going to be out on the road with uh, the Barstool Preachers from from England. And those guys are flipping awesome. Put on an amazing show. Uh, their record actually just debuted at number thirteen in the UK charts. It's crazy that people in the UK listen to good music and charts like that. Uh, but yeah, we're going to start May eleventh. Thursday night at the Turf Club in St. Paul. Uh, we're doing uh, uh, the first, our first start. We're only going to start, we play three shows and get a day off. So we'll go uh, Minneapolis, uh, the Midwest Music Fest in Winona, and then Reggie's in Chicago. And on that day off, we're going to shoot a couple videos. So I'm excited about that with our, our good buddy Jim Sikora. We uh, uh, did rock and roll punk for Carducci. That's right. Chicago yeah. guy, right? Yeah. And then uh, then we've got, uh, then the hell ride starts. So uh, uh, we go Melody Inn at Indianapolis, go to St. Louis, the old rock house, go to High Tone in Memphis, go to the uh, parish at the House of Blues in, in New Orleans. We go to the secret group in Houston, kick butt coffee in Austin. Um, oh, I can't think of the name of the club in San Antonio. And then back up to uh, Three Links. Uh, Dallas. Dallas. What's that? Dallas, Deep Ellum Park, Dallas, Three Links. I like that pad a lot. Yep. Yeah, looking forward to that. Um, oh, and the Austin show, uh, uh, Ian McDougall's from Riverboat Gamblers. His band Broken Gold's going to be on that bill, too. So excited about that. Drive the next day to get to Tucson, play 191 Tool in Tucson, up to the Yucca Tap Room in Tempe, go to Corazon del Barrio in San Diego, and then Alex's Bar and Corazon de Barrio right next door to Pedro there and uh Saturday May 27th. Uh so hope hoping that 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 everybody can make it to uh Alex's. And then uh, we got two shows in punk rock bowling in Vegas. One Sunday night with the Dickies and then we're on the main stage on Monday the last day. One day off, one last show then in Denver at, at uh, HQ and then uh, then head home. So boom. That's a hell ride home. Ooh. Yep. <laughs> Now, what bass are you using? So I've got a, a G&L Kiloton that I like a lot. Okay. Yeah. And what are you using for amp? Uh, I Well, I'm hoping that uh, I'm going to be playing through a Black Star. Ah. If, if it shows up in time. Uh, if it doesn't show up in time, I'll, I'll have my old uh, uh, Ampeg head and, and, um, and bottom. But uh, I'm hoping that, that uh, it'll be through a Black Star. Now, uh... What about the vehicle? Are you going to be the wheel man? 
Uh, I'm sure we'll all take turns. Finney will, Finney will drive a lot. Jamie doesn't drive, so lucky for him. You know, being, <laughs> you know, being from London and all, it's like, right? Who, why, why do I need to know how to drive? Yeah. So it's the wrong side of the road anyway. Right. Yeah. And then uh, then we got a young cat, uh, Russ Emmett, who's going to be on the road with us, helping with merch and and uh, gear and shit. He'll he'll do some driving too. You know, the guy I met in the old days that was doing that with you was a bass man, Robin. Yeah, exactly. Ended up from, with the Tar uh, Babies. Yeah. Yep. Bucky Pope. Bucky's going to come to Pedro in the summer and do another Tone Scientist recording with me. Oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Small I've, world, uh, right? I've, I've seen those guys uh, within the last few years. I've been in touch. So that's yeah. awesome. That's great. Look, did you write the words to stick man versus hang man? I did. Okay. This is quite a, quite a spiel. I, I dig it. Let's play. Yeah. Let's play. That's actually going to be one of the videos that we shoot. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of a narrative. Yep. <laughs> okay. Here we go.
lot from Pedro show. Uh, that chunk of music, well, it's the final music for this edition. And the chunk started with Ultra Bomb doing Stickman versus Hangman. Yeah, a little drama there, people. I, I got into it. I got into it. There's a, there's a lesson to be learned. Ratchet Orchestra out of Quebec after that with two silences. And then finally, Ultra Bomb. Time to burn. Time to burn. Okay, these words that all the Ultra Bomb songs came out of, were they written at one time or were they this over a period? Uh, they, the majority of them were written over the last uh, probably two, two or three years. Uh, some of them were kind of fully realized, like in the moment, like Stickman in particular was a, a spiel that as, you know, as I started to put it down, it just kept flowing and it just, you know, kept going. Uh, whereas some of the other uh, songs were, you know, like I, I'd come up with a part, I'd like it. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, I'd come up with another thing and then I'd be like, Hey, I actually, I think those, those work together. And then, you know, kind of, kind of hobble them together like that. But uh, yeah. So yeah, over the last couple of years, you know, when you recorded in Berlin, the album, did you bring your bass? Uh, I did not bring my bass, but... Uh, What'd you play uh, over there in Berlin? A 1963 Gibson SG. Whoa! It was it was a awesome bass. I'll send you a picture of it. I had a 63 EB3. Yeah, actually, yeah, EB3, that's it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, because the guitars were called SG then. Yeah. I think it meant second generation because Les Paul didn't want his name on. He's going through some divorce. He told me this whole spiel once when I, I saw him at a sound check just to get a bass signed, and he spieled with me for like two hours. The other two guys in his band was like, "You motherfucker!" <laughs> Funny. <laughs> what an awesome, awesome experience that's. He put cool. his he put his buttermilk donut on his way bar, and he just I mean he's telling me about putting in the echo chambers in the Capitol. Uh, Record studio, all this playing with Bing Crosby's trio, all this stuff. And I just, because it was a Les Paul signature bass, so I thought, well, why not have him sign it? And it turned into this whole spiel. Wow. But anyway, uh, there's, there's there's something about this. that the, the way you just meet these guys, and the first time you start playing with them, you get a whole album out of this. Now, you must have brought your lyrics, your notebook with you. Uh, yep, I had uh, I had them all with me, and so there, you know, out of the ten songs that we recorded, there were probably at least another ten or twelve songs in there that didn't get recorded. Uh, plus, now I've been writing more lyrics, and so on this tour, uh, you know, Finney's been working on on uh, new riffs. We're gonna start hammering out a new record. We're gonna start playing round two, writing round songs two. on the road. Uh, you know, we'll try them out. If, during sound check, and if we feel that they're they're happening, we'll slip them in the set. You know. Well, yeah. Well, you you gotta like play a whole set of songs no one's heard before. Exactly right. <laughs> That's a tradition, right? <laughs> so, where do you think you're going to record it? Berlin again? We we've thought about going back to the same studio uh, in Berlin. Blow Hansy's mind. Yeah, for a second <laughs> time. Yeah. Again. 
Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's uh, Hansi. Hansi said to me, uh, he goes, "Yeah, you know, Finney booked the uh, booked the time for the band, and then he said that you're a punk band." But you're much better than that. Like, wow. Okay. Can I? Can I? Can cool. I, Thanks, bud. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like that backhand compliment. Look, th- <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs> Look, I'm going to put the invite out. When you guys get this second record done, will you come back on the show and we can play it and talk about it? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Ah, I'd be happy to come and spiel with you anytime, Watt. Absolutely. And I'm, I can't wait to see you at Alex's in Strong Beach. Two weeks. Yeah. Okay. Safe seas to you till then. Keep that keel in the water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Love you, brother Greg. Truly. Love People, you too, Bones. May 2nd, 2023, Dish Watt Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.